Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. We're in a, a good place this morning. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. What did we do to warrant the salvation of God? What did we do that was so good that he would say, come? Which is so blessed because it's only by his grace. And we thank God. We want to worship this morning. We want to stand in awe. We want to remember where we are and why we are gathered and who it is that we are worshiping. With all my heart, we want to worship. Hallelujah. You know, there, there's a, I read somewhere yesterday, little, clear, little portion, it says, in a society that has you counting money, pounds, calories, and steps, be a rebel and count your blessings. Is that not true? In a society that has us counting money, pounds, calories, steps, in a society that has created anxiety, then set up different things to deal with that anxiety, to be still. All the things that we know God has called us to have in abundance. Let's just turn our eyes to him this morning. And it's important that we understand that we serve an awesome God. The word awesome means it fills us with awe. If we could see and have a glimpse, if he would open the windows of heaven, draw back those curtains for a moment in time, that we could see the parallel world that we live. We're here on earth, but we are called to lift up our eyes to the unseen, where the angelic beings are surrounding and worshiping. Holy, holy, holy. Where they're in ranks, preparing for the consummation of time preparing for the great war of Armageddon. Imagine the horses, the angelic beings in their full armor and their splendor. And the Antichrist preparing his vast army. But I thank God this morning that we stand in victory. We stand in triumph. That he said it is finished. That he's forgiven all of our iniquities. And he's healed all of our diseases that the blood is upon us, Hallelujah. that when the books are opened, we're going to have our name written in the Lamb's book of life. What a privilege and an honor. We have baptisms this morning. So Andreas and Jasmine, you're very welcome. You know, we'd sometimes take it lightly, but look in the spiritual realm as the angels will rejoice because they made a decision. Not because they're entering into water, but they made a decision in their heart that the old has passed away and behold, everything will be new, that there'll be a new creation. The greatest thing in all my life is loving him. And as we were singing and ministering before the angelic beings, our father in heaven, is that not a reality? What could we do in this dimension that supersedes loving Jesus? But we could not do that. We can only love because he first loved us. He found us. When I was blind, he became my sight. He found us when we could not find ourselves. We could never find the way back to the Father. 
That's why we worship him, to the one who is holy and holds all power in his hands. He's worthy of the glory, to him forever praise. Receive all of the glory, the lion and the lamb. All the praise forever is yours, O great I am. He's clothed in majesty and he's on his throne. He's clothed in majesty and he's on his throne. We saw the coronation. We saw the king crowned. The king of kings and the Lord of lords is here. Let's bow our knee while we can. Let's bow the knee of our heart. Let's dethrone the idols. Let's bring ourselves down. For he who humbles himself will be exalted. Let him increase. Take his rightful place. That's done in worship, church. This is what God has given us, the way to approach God. Without profane fire, take sandals off your feet. What does that mean? Empty ourselves. This is not a performance. Church is not a performance. Because if it were, I would be competing with great performers and I would fail miserably. The church should not be a performance. It's not here to make us feel good for the moment. It's here for the anointing to do newness in our lives to convict us of sin, to lead us into all righteousness, to change. If you are coming to this church week in and week out and you are not changing, there's a problem. And I pray that problem is not this church. I pray that we can look into ourselves because individually we're a church, collectively we're a church, I should say. So let's just allow the Holy Spirit to move this morning. I'm getting ready, church, for the marriage. And I want to give glory to the Lamb. But we are one. We are one. We're going to come together before the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. So take this opportunity, this moment in time, to say, Lord, do something new in my life. That when the trumpet call is sounded, I'll be found in Christ. Only by grace can we enter and only by grace can we stand. Make a decision though. That's all I'm asking. Make a decision this morning that this will not just be entertainment. That you're not just waiting for the next thing. But that you're going to have an experience with the true and living God. He is real more than we are. To the one who is holy and who holds all power in his hands. Let's minister. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we can come into your presence with praise and worship. And as for me and my beloved church, we seek to worship you with all our heart, all our mind, all our spirit. Everything we are, every breath, we need more of you in our lives. Forgive us, forgive us, wash us again with your blood, that we may stand before you complete, not striving, not anxious, not full of fear, 
but in liberty and in freedom and blessed assurance that you've gone before us in everything we face this morning, in all life's trials and troubles, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you deliver us out of every single one. Remind us, remind us who we are, remind us who we are as a church and take your rightful place right now as we dethrone any works of the enemy, any false imaginations, any word, as we bind that strong man, as we bind the works of darkness and release the goodness of God. You have given us authority to stamp upon the enemy, to derail his plans of our lives. We bring our children before you, our families, our mothers and our fathers. Before it's too late, Jesus, before the final trumpet, I pray for your blood to cover them, to saturate them, to wash them, to redeem them. Lord, let them turn around and say yes to you. Let them say, yes, God, Holy Spirit, give them an opportunity. One more hour, one more year, however long we have left to work while it is day. We give you the preeminence this morning. We give you the glory that is only due your name. Let no flesh glory in this church. Let no flesh glory in your presence as we exalt you, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lamb, the Lion the ancient of days, the ones whose eyes burns like fire and his feet as bronze. We bow before you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. It's been an interesting week as usual. Amen. We, uh, we just had the coronation of King Charles. Welcome. Amen. And it's an uh, amazing time. Well, there's so many things happening around the world, but it's uh, a time of celebration. Every day is a, an opportunity to celebrate the newness, what God is doing. And it was uh, for a very long time we had uh, an event that captured the imagination of not just the nation, but the world. Some agree, some disagree, whatever. But the most important thing, Christ was highlighted. Uh, billions of people watching the scripture, listening to the scriptures being read, consecrating the king that represents, it was a symbol of our king of kings and lord of lords. And so we want to celebrate what God is doing. You know, there's, whether there's royalists or anti-royalists, it doesn't matter what the, we look to, what the Bible is saying. And Paul tells us, in Timothy chapter 1, verse 2 and 1, this is what Paul says about how we should pray for each other and especially for kings and people in government. We're to be prayerful for all people. But this is what he says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Therefore I exhort you first of all that supplications, prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. So he says we need to pray for all men and all people. Men, I'm not speaking about male or female, whatever people want to call themselves. I'm talking about humanity. Prayer, we should be praying for everyone in any situation. And then he goes on to say, verse 2, For kings and all who are in authority, that they may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men 
That's all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Praise God. This attitude we need to have. We need to look out with love, not with judgment, not with criticism. Love. And celebrate what God is doing. And in a nation that for a long time, Christianity was being opposed, attacked, and criticized. We have one time centralized. It was central. Christ was center of everything that was taking place yesterday. It's profound. And when we had our meeting with CT and Justin Welby, who officiated the, concert, the coronation, his heart was he wanted to give the message of God. He said he didn't want to speak because at the Queen's funeral, he said he didn't speak. It was the Holy Spirit took over and used that medium to speak into billions of people's lives. And there was revival, but people was coming through there asking questions about faith. And it's our responsibility as Christians to convey the love of God to them, not just with words, but with actions, with, 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 with embracement and encouragement. So when we just celebrate King Charles being enthroned, and, and we look to, for God to raise many people to serve his purpose. And what happened with him yesterday, God is doing it to you today. He's elevating you. He's promoting you. He's blessing you. He's equipping you. He's empowering you. Hallelujah. We, we are, he says, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. Who's the kings he's a king of? And lord, you and I, praise. He's made us a royal priesthood. We have a priestly, a king, a kingship. Uh, office in the kingdom of God and we're going to reign with him forever and ever he shares his reign it's not just about him he wants to give it out God is a giver for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life and that's what he gives out he's a giver and if we reflect God we must be givers as well ourselves giving out from ourselves we must become selfless not selfish selfless praise God Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today. God has a, a message for us to encourage us. Praise God. Welcome, Reverend Simon. You are welcome. We have, amen. Let's give a clap offering for Reverend Simon. We also have two baptisms in the house. Uh, Ross, which is, uh, well, Andreas, a.k.a. Ross. And uh, Jasmine, is Jasmine here? Yes. You can sit at the front with, Ross, are you okay there? Are you comfortable there? Okay, praise God. So uh, we're going to have our, we're going to move into the baptism. We know many things are happening. We want to lift up anyone who's struggling, who has ailments. We want to pray for them, praise God. And as we take this journey, this, this, this morning, coming into the afternoon, praise God. Uh, I wanted to read a verse that I want to show you something on the video. And uh, then I want to just come into the message. Let's all stand together. This is uh, Exodus chapter 10, verse 4. It's just one verse, but I want you to think about the message, what's been said here. Then Moses said to the Lord... Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Please take your seats, God bless. Sorry? What's that? The scripture, sorry, um, they put Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. It's the other way around. I'm the one who should be getting them the other way around. Let me read it. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent neither before nor since. You have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Uh, Moses confessed his handicap. Moses acknowledged his personal limitation. Yeah? So he put that before he could do anything. He put an obstacle before himself before he could do anything. And when we put 
blocks in our, in our minds, then we start thinking we cannot do anything. There's things that we cannot do. Guess what? You're going to be right. So when you say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, all you need to do is take the T away and say, I can, I can, I can. It's perception, how you look at things. There's always an answer to every life's question. There is an answer. There is always a mechanism to overcome the unsurmountable, insurmountable. There's always a way to overcome it. It's how you look at it. It's scientific. That's why David defeated Goliath. Really, the odds were all against him, but he approached it from a different viewpoint. He was not conventional, and he overtook it. And, but Moses is saying, look, I'm slow of speech. I, in a sense, he, he stuttered, delayed speech. What he thought, he, was, he thought quick, but he was slow to speak. And so the Lord challenges him after this. He says, look, I've called you not because of your ability. I've called you because of who I am. Yeah? And so God already sees an outcome before you even acknowledge it yourself. The, 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 the key thing is, are you prepared to go through the process to have that outcome? Because everything is won or lost in the prayer closet or in the gymnasium. You win or lose it in preparation. Preparation is nine-tenths of achievement. Because if you're not preparing, you will not achieve that what you expect to achieve. Yeah. So it's putting things in place. Changing of you, having a paradigm shift of how we look out in life. So through Moses' upbringing in Egypt, and when he went into the wilderness, it was always focused on what he could not do. His, 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 his limitations. But God saw the possibilities with him in the equation. Sometimes you need an element in your life that changes everything. Knowledge is power. Yeah, and I often say the story about the ship owner. Can I say it again today? If I get my arithmetic mathematics right, can I say it again for people who don't know the story of the ship owner? There was a ship owner who had multi. In fact, it's in the book. Success is not an accident, but I'll read it. I'll share it with you now. If you haven't heard it, if you have, please bear with me. <laughs> There's a ship owner has a multi-million-dollar ship, and its engine breaks down. So he calls the mechanic, and he said to the mechanic, "My." My, my ship can't move it. The engine is broken or not working. Can you see if you can repair it? So the engineer went, looked at the engine, had the toolbox, opened his toolbox, and then he went around the engine and he hit the, the engine with the hammer in a specific place and the engine started working and it was repaired. And the ship owner marveled. He said, my goodness, just, it's amazing. Please send me your invoice. How much is it going to cost me to, for, for, to pay you for repairing it? So the the, the, uh, the, the, the mechanic sent in the invoice, he said $100,000. The ship owner was scratching, he said, look at the document, 100,000 of invoice, $100,000 is for hitting the engine with that. He, says, he said to his secretary, send the, send the letter back to him and ask him, can he break the invoice down? So the engineer sent the, the breakdown and he said this, $50 for hitting the engine with the hammer. $99,950 for knowing where to hit it. <laughs> it's one little information changes everything. And that's characterized my life. I had a bit of information here or there. It changed my direction of my life. 
Because if I was just listening to my own internal voice, I wouldn't have achieved anything. If I was listening, and even more so, if I was listening to the people around me, the naysayers, I wouldn't have done nothing. I couldn't even be standing here. I've been sent hands, or I've been chased farm, I've been some mental institution. <laughs> but information makes the difference. And it's important somebody who's around you who knows that information to help you navigate to get to where you need to get to. We can get lost in the, on the journey. And we need, to, we need to identify the signposts and the people who speak into our lives make the difference. It leads me nicely to my video I want to show you. I don't know if we're going to be allowed to play this for copyright reasons, but let's give it a go. Take your time because this message, oh, I, I believe every message we give, I don't give a 2.4 message. I really pray about them. I really reflect them. I look at the situation, life around me for experience. And I want to give messages that help people better themselves, develop themselves, and maximize what people can do. Yeah? To go beyond what even you expect, what even you believe you can do in yourself. Because, you know, the, 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 I don't know if you the, the, the bumblebee uh, phenomena, phenomenon. Uh, the scientists do not know how a bee flies. Why? Because the aerodynamics, the weight of the, of the bumblebee and the wingspan, it shouldn't really scientifically fly. But it flies. It defies science. And why? Because no one told the fly, the, the bumblebee, that it cannot fly. When people tell you you cannot do something, you will do it until they say you cannot put a block on you, say you cannot do it. So I want to show you this video. If, well, you'll be able to see it here, but people watching live stream may not be able to see it. But watch, watch this video. Now I want to touch, address these issues very, very through the word of God, especially what Moses has been saying. Let's, let's put it on the overhead. I hope you understood the gist of what was being conveyed is that they did an experiment in 1939. They took a number of children who were orphans, put them in different groups, categories. They divided them into groups, two, 11. Some group were statuers, some were not. But they had one group that they singled out. They would say they were the target. They said to all the children in the same group that you all stuttered, even the ones who did not stutter. Because of the power of suggestion, and the power of the word, these children became stutterers, even though they were not naturally, they were not stutterers. What is that? That's an, eth an ethical experiment that was done. And many of these take place behind closed doors that you're not even aware of. But anyway, that's another the, the issue. The point I'm trying to make is here is that what your environment, your surroundings, where you are, will determine your outlook, your values, your psychology, and things like this. And so it's, it's the place where you are, what you listen to, has a big impact in our lives. Power of the word. Power of the word has a big impact of our life. When Moses put his limitation to God, God countered it by saying, you can. Not you can. God never at one time highlighted Moses' stuttering. Not one time. You don't hear it at all. And when Moses discussed this, put it aside. That's irrelevant to me. I'm seeing the, your potential, your deeper, what the impact you can have deeper with me on your side. All things are possible unto those who believe. Yeah. And so I just want to read the next verse, verse 11, Exodus chapter 4, verse 11, ch chapter 4, verse 11, just to see what's happening here. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord, verse 12. 
Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you should say. So we've always got to, we always have to have this divine attitude, the mind of God, that we need to help people work out, work through their difficulties and come through it and be the best version of themselves that, that they can be. Not highlight and emphasize the, the limitation. We need to see the potential and open the doors rather than close doors. And the world has a tendency all the time to close the doors on us. Because the mechanism is to keep us oppressed and keep us down. The world doesn't want us to hear these messages. That's why they crucified our master, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he came and he opened the door that they wanted to close. Because he says, I am the door. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. You can escape all this control of the system over your lives, oppressing you. And every week I think, when, when, are gonna, when is the government going to catch on and switch me off? <laughs> because we're preaching liberty, emancipation. Not just physical emancipation, but emancipation from our minds. Bob Marley's voice, he says, it's a, we need to be liberated for a mental slavery. Control. And so we've got to be careful what we're listening to. Because, because music is invasive. It invades your space without your, without your consent. When you go to a supermarket, you're listening to recordings of things. You can't stop that unless you block your ears. You cannot stop that coming into your mind. It doesn't knock on your door. It just enters. It's one thing in life that will enter without your consent. Music. You cannot avoid it. When you go out to a, a social event, you're hearing music. Have you consented for that music to, to infiltrate your mind, your spirit, your heart, and your soul? No, you haven't. But you don't know that the, the resonance and the frequencies of that music can do esoteric damage if you're not controlling it and you're not filtering it. it. I showed something on Friday to some of the youngsters, Jeremiah and Paul. I want to show you this, what sound can do. Sound, it just sound, not even the words, but a vibrational sound. I've spent many years in music, and I know the impact music has, how, how it can change people's behavior. It can make sophisticated, reserved people lose control. After a few drinks and a bit of music, they'll do somersaults, and the next day, they don't know what happened the night before, but they believe they had a good time. <laughs> I've been to events that the bass vibration shook my whole body. Every time bass was shaking me. I don't know if you've experienced that. There's a, there's a, there's a center in Central, I won't name it, but you go there, the speakers are giant, and, play, and you're, you're vibrating with the music. What, what's it, what impact is it having to my organs inside of me? I want to show you the second piece of video to show you the power of sound. Now, this is, a true, this is a true video. I want you to see this, what vibrations and frequencies does. And I'm coming to a reason. The reason I'm showing you this is not just to fear us and make us hopeless and not, well, uh, uh, you know, not know what's going on. I want to show you a way through this to show you you can be empowered. Okay? I want to show you something. Let me just put this on. Car. Watch this. This is in a car. He's putting the sound up. Watch what impact is having to the car.
Keep watching, keep watching. See that glass is, is, is bending? See the glass is bending? Watch, watch the metal, watch the metal. Okay, now what, the point I'm trying to make is that if this sound is having an impact on the metal, what impact music has on us sound? Vibration, yeah? We've got to think about these things. It's, it's something that we need to acknowledge and consider because its sound has an impact. In fact, God used sound to bring the walls of Jericho down. It was the shouts of the people, the million or so people that shouted and the, and the, the bricks vibrated. Everything has a resonance, has, 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 a, has a pitch to it. And so if you catch that frequency of the, of the material around you, you can make it vibrate. And that's what was happening in this car. It was vibrate. But the pitch of, that, of what was given with the sound, the resonance, wasn't to the pitch that makes that glass explode. It was just beneath the pitch to make the glass explode. But if it took it to a next pitch which resonated with the same frequency as the glass, the glass would have exploded. And your organs and your mind have a frequency. And if you're listening to music that has that, it can affect your minds. Oh, I don't want to fear monger either. Okay, but in, Gen in Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, this is what um, uh, we, we read. It says this, so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down. Then the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. God was given the science of sound even in the Old Testament. This is scientific. What happened there, vibration, is scientific. God is ahead of science. We're only discovering these principles, these truths now. So we have to be very careful about what we listen to, who we listen to, and our environment. We've got to screen it. We have to have a spiritual filter to be careful what's coming in. Because it can have a, a long-term damaging effect in our mind, our psyche. Like these children, they'll listen to negativity all the time. I grew up in a school, I grew up in school, always been told what I can't do, always told I, I, I was stupid in, in a sense, always told I, I would never achieve anything. And what happened up to until God came into my life, that was true. But when God came into my life, he changed everything. When I was seven years old, I was taken to the Greek, where's my, is my sister here? I don't know if she's here today. I was with my sister in Greek school and the head teacher called my father and said, listen, stop wasting your money, this kid can't learn. So they took me out of school, which I was rejoicing. <laughs> One man's rubbish, another man's treasure. But I was rejoicing. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that if you, if you accept and embrace the negativity of life, you, you cannot move. You will not, you're not prevail. You're not move on. And more than not, people want to see you fail rather than succeed. And what God wants to see you prosper, succeed, and move forward. And the principle of words... And sound finds its origin, as we just shared, in the Old Testament. And if we're made in the image and likeness of God, we must embrace the power of the words that we speak. We must embrace that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because nothing is too difficult for God. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27, Jeremiah makes this statement. It's, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? 
So when you come to your limitations, you need to invite God to step into that situation and change everything. Yesterday's coronation was all about the king centered on the scripture, on the word of God anointing. There was an anointing ceremony taking place. So if the king of the land acknowledges, wants to acknowledge God, we need to acknowledge God in our lives because we have a spiritual aspect to our lives and never neglect that. I wish I'm speaking to someone, praise God. So how we speak is of utmost, of paramount importance. How you're speaking makes the difference, even to yourself. You need to vocalize things. Don't just think about them, speak them, because that vibration of that resonance coming out of your mouth has an impact. It goes forth and executes that which it sets out to do and does not return void. You know when thunder, have you ever seen, do you know thunder and lightning? Yeah. When there's lightning, it's immediate. You see it immediately. But when you see a, 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 a big bright light from the light from the, the, the clouds colliding, the lightning, what happens is you just wait a few moments, and then what follows it? The sound. But it happens simultaneously with the cloud here at the same time. The sound begins simultaneously, but light tries, travels faster than sound. And then, but you listen, then you hear the rumble of the, th- of, the, of the thunder, yeah? And that's the thing is the word goes out. It's continually moving. When you speak, something happens. It may not happen immediately, but when it happens, you've sent it out. And it will go and it will execute that which it sounds out to do. Whether good, bad, or indifferent, it's going to go out and it's going to serve its purpose. Because what you sow is what you will reap, praise God. Hallelujah. When Jesus was speaking to the disciples, he said to them, look, when they were marveling why he cursed the fig tree and it withered immediately, and he was talking to them about faith and and, and they had disbelief and so forth, he challenged them and he said this to them in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And I want to encourage you, speak into your lives. Because if no one else does, God wants you to speak into your life because it's his spirit in you that wants to echo uh, that sound, uh, uh, amplify that sound in your life. It's the Holy Spirit wants to amplify that sound in your life. So you need, you need to know that you are more than a conqueror. You, know that you need to know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And we see in the outcome that people of faith always will overcome the odds. Because they got something more powerful with them. When the king was entering um, the, the, the coronation, the, 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 the church yesterday, the abbey yesterday, he was coming into a, a piece of music called, uh, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. And that's powerful. We, we, this is where we're going to be. We're, we're going to be glad when we're serving God, when we're, when, we're, when we're following the lead of the Holy Spirit, praise God. And so Jesus tells his disciples this, when they, when they were questioned about faith and they were not sure what was going on. He said this, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would, what does it say? You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. He said, speak it. Make the sound. Let that vibration sound, and that what you're saying will flow out, will move out and execute what it sends out to do. In the same way you see the power, you see the music, the bass in the car, 
You can see visibly what's happening there. There's other layers in, 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 in the world, in the spiritual realm, that when you speak, something's happening along those lines. So when you speak a word of God, the things around you begin to shake and vibrate like you saw in that visible picture. That's a kind of visible thing that we, that's happening in the spirit. So when you're speaking the spiritual, when you're confessing the promises of God, things are going out that you cannot even see, but the angelic... Uh, 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 dimension sees this thing the spiritual level is aware of it all and it's vibrating and strongholds come tumbling down so what happened with Jericho when they shouted the shouts of the Lord the 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 bricks the the city crumbled so when you confess and praise the Lord in the spiritual realm every power that's made the mechanism to come against you will be destroyed will be dissolved will come tumbling down will be broken oh hallelujah praise God Praise the Lord. Because what the reason I'm saying this is because you need to know who you are in God, the power you have. There's no weapon fashioned against you will prosper. And no tongue that speaks. What did he say? No tongue that speaks. No vibration, resonance that comes against you will prevail, will be cut off. You will have a, a shield around you to protect you from the vibration, the resonance that's coming against you to destroy you. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But the Lord has come to give life and that in more abundance. So what is the answer to safeguard ourselves? Find yourself in Christ. No weapon. There's no weapon in the spiritual realm or in the physical realm that can come against Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if we take the premise that we were made in the image and likeness of God, we must have certain qualities that God has, certain attributes that God has. And what was one of the attributes and qualities that God has? God had the power to speak and things came about by the virtue of the power of him speaking. If you want to be victorious, you've got to see yourself victorious before you're victorious to walk into that destiny that God has put you into. So in Genesis, God speaks and things happen. And in Genesis recorded 10 times God said, and God, and God says this, Vayamor Elohim, the Hebrew is Vayamor Elohim, and God said. It says 10 times in Genesis. It says, and every time he said it, something happened. So if you connect, if you, if you align yourself with the spiritual realm and dimension, when you speak, something's going to happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, it says, And God said, let there be light. And God said, and it was. Genesis chapter 1 verse 6, it goes, And then God said, continue, and then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water. And, and it was. And every time God speaks, something happens. So by uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God says again, let us. God said, let us. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. He says, so if you're made in the image and likeness of God, you must have some property of God. You must have some attributes of God. You must have some, some, some virtues of God. So when you speak, things happen. Especially when God restores you. Before we fail, we have that relationship with God. It's very, very important. The power of the word changes everything. And we look at this narrative through the scripture. In fact, there was a blind man. He couldn't see, but he can speak. Hallelujah. He had one of his uh, abilities to speak. He didn't have his sense of sight. He, didn't have, he had his sense of hearing and speaking, but he couldn't see. But he says, going to use what he had to cry out to God. And Jesus walking the place... Incidentally, out of Jericho, the city that, that Joshua destroyed, they're walking through Jericho. In Mark chapter 10, verse 40, and today I want to encourage you to speak positive about your lives. Speak positive to other people. 
Because what happens, you, you, you become the recipient of what you say, the beneficiary of what you say. If you say good things, good things come back to you. If you say bad things, let me say they multiply. Good things multiply, bad things multiply. If you take one seed and sow it in the ground and you water it, you give it life, it becomes a tree and it produces much fruit. One seed can produce much fruit. One acorn can pr- produce a forest. So one word can produce good things for you or bad things for you. If you keep speaking negative, you're only going to get negativity back. If you speak positive, you're going to get positive back. You're going to reap the fruit of what you say. If you want apple trees, don't plant pear trees. If you want strawberries, don't plant peaches. It's what you sow is what you're going to reap. Don't be surprised. Good things will come back to you, praise God. There might be things bad around you, but you're going to be safeguarded for God's presence in your life. This is uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. 46. Now they came to Jericho, that amazing place where the city was, fortified city. I, I wonder how many Jerichos we encounter in our everyday life. I wonder whether we're outside of Jericho or we're in the middle of Jericho. Whether we're closed in, in Jericho, or we're closing people out of our Jericho. I wonder what those walls, what's happening behind those walls of our lives. And sometimes those walls have to come tumbling down. Now they came to Jericho as as he went out of Jericho, and his disciples, and a great multitude. There's all these people around Jesus. There's people can be around Jesus. People can be around religion, but it doesn't mean they're with him. They're spectators. Many times there is spectators. We spectate. It's like an event and we watch it. But we need to be a part of the event. We need to be the main players in that event. It's not a sideshow. It's the main event. And so uh, a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. So as a man, insignificant, downcast, overlooked, of non-importance. Had nothing going for him. Wasn't qualified. He was just a beggar. People wouldn't give him a second look. Sometimes we can, we can identify Bartimaeus in our lives. Sometimes people don't even consider us, look over us, look beyond us, can't even see us there. Yeah? And he's by the road begging. Now he sees, verse 47, it says this. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he heard. He couldn't see him, he heard. Everyone was looking at Jesus. And they never wanted to, they didn't want to connect with him like Bartimaeus did. Uh, he, he began to cry out and say, he started to shout. Well, look, Jesus is God. He knows our thoughts. He knows the attitude of our hearts. He could have just thought it and said, if he's God, he can, he can read my mind. Because of Jesus demonstrated the ability to do this in other situations when the Pharisees were, were, were debating in their mind, uh, reasoning in their minds, he, he knew what they were thinking. He could have thought about him as. He could have just sat there. If, he, if he's the son of God he can, or, or the son of David, he can come and, and, and heal me and save me, whatever. He didn't, th- he, didn't, he didn't behave in that way. He decided to shout, to draw attention to himself, good, bad, or indifferent. And so we're told, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when we start to start giving positive confessions, and with a faith confession, what the world will automatically want to do is going to want to shut you down. It's happening all the time. We've taken the Bibles out of the schools. We take the Bible out of the government. We take the Bible out of everything. And we can't really speak about God. We can speak about everything else, but we're prohibited to speak. We're not allowed to speak about God. And that's what I love about the boxing fraternal, because everyone's faith-driven. Have you seen the film George Foreman? 
Have you seen the film George Foreman? Soon, we're going to see it soon. It's a fantastic film. George Foreman, and it's all Christ-centered. This is what I've been told. Who's seen it? Is that right? You know, and then yesterday before uh, Joshua Boatsy went, before he came back to the arena, I don't know if everyone saw it, I don't know if Ezra saw it, or John, uh, he got his pastor, he's got his people, and he went to the place, and they prayed. They were praying. And so it's faith-driven, faith, but, but thank God we have that element. It's God with God, all things are possible unto those who believe, praise God. And so we see that, you know, Bartimaeus, he starts to cry out. But what the people do, they want to shut him down. Watch this, verse 48. Then many warned him to be quiet. They actually warned him, quiet down. Oh, but you'll be reprimanded. You'll be taken away. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. But he cried out all the more. He shouted louder than their voices. He shouted louder than their voices. Son of David, have mercy on me. He shouted. He was shouting loud. Making a spectacle of himself because he wanted to get Jesus' attention. When was the last time we shouted that loud in our prayer time or even in our closet to, to get the attention of God? God has our attention, but he wants us to acknowledge that we want him in our hearts, not just with our minds, but with our mouths, but with our hearts as well. And he was shouting the more. But watch what happens here. Watch, watch. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. So Jesus stopped in his tracks and responded to the cry of blind Bartimaeus. And that's the power of the word. Amen. Amen. And we must never stop being embarrassed or be held back from really making that confession, calling to God in our lives because he is our refuge. He's our safeguard. He's our fortress. Hallelujah. He's our protector. He, he, he's our healer. He's the one who blesses us. He's the one who prospers us. He's the one who empowers us. He's the one who gives us life. We must never stop really connecting to him. This is what church is about. We're here to be reminded of these, of these biblical uh, truths and realities, what God revealed to us, praise God. Hallelujah. And God said at the beginning, he spoke and things happened. And we're seeing people speak and things happen. God spoke and brought something praiseworthy, something wonderful. It brought a world that was very good. These scientists took 22 children, put them in, in, in a in a, in a an experiment divided them and destroyed those children's psychology through the power of words they didn't physically beat them they were just speaking to them and they destroyed their 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 their, their, their motivation they destroyed their hope and these children lived a life that couldn't deal with what happened in that experiment when they were children and the system needs to be responsible for how we, 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 we encourage. We've got to be positive with, with children, bringing them up, because children's very, you know, to, we need to safeguard them. Hallelujah, praise God. And so Jesus stops. And when the cry of faith goes out, God will stop and respond to our, our cry, our every word, praise God. That's the God that we serve, praise God. God tells us, be careful the voices that you listen to. We've got to be very careful who we listen to in our lives. And we've got to be very careful how we speak in our lives. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah? And those who love it will eat its fruit. What did I say? What you sow, you reap. What you speak, you're going to have the, ben you're going to have the fruit of your words, good, bad, or ugly. Whatever it is, it's going to come back. So always use good words, praiseworthy words, because they'll always come back to you in a hundredfold. You give one good word out, it's going to come back to you in abundance, overwhelm you, praise God. Hallelujah. 
The more you give, the more you have. The less you give, the less you have. And Proverbs, again, 15, 23 says this. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. So speak the good things, the praiseworthy things. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Amen. So a word spoken in due season is good. Praise God. Paul tells us to be careful how we speak and what we listen to. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, he says this. Let not, no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it, it may impart grace to the hearers. Amen. It's Apostle Paul speaking. In, I'm not making these things up as I'm going along. These are biblical truths that have stood the test of, t- of time. And in Psalm 107 verse 20, we're told this. He sent his word and healed them. Send your words to heal. Send your words to encourage. Send your words to impact, empower people in in the positive, not in the negative. God takes issue when we speak negativity about ourselves or about other people. God takes issue with this. He comes against this with a vengeance. In fact, when you speak negative about God, God will come against you in a powerful way, way, in a way that you do not expect. We bring ourselves down. When we speak negative, we're not bringing anyone else down. We're bringing ourselves down. When we criticize people, we're poisoning ourselves. How does that work? When I speak bad about someone, it's affecting me. But people don't know these principles. And that's why we're trapped sometimes in our own words, in our, in our limitations, because we're speaking, we'll project on other people all the time. But really, it's coming back to us in a hundredfold. Yeah? So we've got to speak good, praiseworthy things. That's why it says about Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse him who curses you. Meaning you reap what you sow. And it's, it's a universal truth, really. You have in every system, in every society, you have yin and yen, good and bad. You have karma. You have all these things, sowing and reaping. And that's what the principle is, a biblical principle. That what you give out, you'll, cut, you'll get back. But if you, if you don't... If you don't if you don't agree with me, go home and plant a strawberry bush and go and expect apples. Yeah? Go and plant lemons and go and looking for strawberries or apples or oranges. You're going you're to get that. What is in the nature, what's in that seed, the program in that seed is going to produce what that seed is. Hallelujah, praise God. And so when people speak negativity, God comes against them. This is what God tells us in 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 28. It says this, against the Syrians, because they tried to limit God. Then, then, then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, yeah, said, the Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I'm the God of the mountain, but I'm also the God of the valley. Amen. I'm the God of every situation of your life. There's no place that you're, I'm out of reach to you. I'm in every area and every level of your need, of your situation. I will find, you'll find me there. Even David said, ye that walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they cut in the valley. You are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
There's no time that you are alone and God is, is absent from your life. The, the only time God is absent and experience absent of God is when we reject him and neglect him and ignore him. That's when he's absent, but he's always present in the room, even though we are ignoring him. All it is is turn to him and say, Lord, help me, as Peter did, and he will take you out of the situation. He'll help you through whatever difficulty you have. He'll always help you through the challenges in life. And I'm talking from an experience, not just from lip service. See, God supersedes everything. And that's the word of God declares it, proclaims it. And even when the devil was tempting him and quoting the scripture to him, he said, the devil was saying to him, it has been written. That he give his angels charge and your foot would not dash against the rock. And so, and Jesus responded and said to him, you're quoting me the written word. I'm going to tell you the said word. He said to him, it is written. Jesus turned and said to him, but it has been said. The power of the word, it has been said. So you count everything with the word of God. Hallelujah. The spoken word of God. And things do change in an amazing, amazing way. And we have to be careful not to internalize the negativity. And then when we say crude jokes and we're saying things that are negative and bad, our brain doesn't have the capacity to differentiate what's true or what's false. You can be fear, you can have fear from a false perception of reality. So you've got to always filter it through this. You have to have the spirit of the filter of the Holy Spirit to see through the eyes, the lens of the spirit, to see what's truth and what's false. And that's what God provides for us. That's why it's important that we have that spiritual relationship with God. Invite him in to lead us and guide us, praise God. Because it's the Holy Spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we are his children. And Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. It's not the world that's going to tell you who your relationship with God is about. It's not the religion. It's not the literature. It's the Spirit of God that's going to validate and confirm who we are with Him. Why? Because we will experience Him in a way that you can't, you can't explain sometimes. It's a feeling you have with God, which is powerful, which is awesome. Praise God. So there's things we listen to, things we do not listen to. And before I finish today, I want to just encourage you. If you're in environments that it's all negative all the time and you feel undermined and you feel that people speak to you in a condescending way and, and you're, you're all the time being criticised and being spoken ill of or negatively about, I would, I would challenge you to question whether you should be in that situation. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because God made you more than that. You are wonderfully made in God. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I will praise you. Let's say this together. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now you've just given that word out to the universe and it's coming back to you in abundantly. What just goes is, marvelous are your works and my soul knows very well. Let me say this. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. You are more than the sum what people see of you. With God with you, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And let no one rob you, cheat you. Colossians chapter 2 verse 18 says, let no one cheat you of your reward. Don't let anyone take that away from you. Reflect what I've shared today. Go back and think about it. Think about the experiment. Think about vibration. Think about sound. Think about how you speak. Think about what you hear. Think about all these things. And put yourself in the right environment to be the best version of yourself that God has created you to be. 
I wish I'm speaking to someone. Don't take everything lightly. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be careful. Let's stand together.